You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. An interesting thing that happens, Shannon, because, you know, I know you've experienced this, but since your kids are older and almost, you know, basically gone. <laughs> yeah, next week. You don't, you don't have... You don't have the same scenarios that happen in the Allen household, whereas we have some really good friends that we um, do babysitting swaps with. That yeah, our kids that's a will, great idea. yeah, our kids spend a night with them, and we get the whole evening and night and morning, and then we return the favor. We try to do this once a month so that we each get good, you know, good time to have some dates. Plus, we just love our kids love hanging out with their kids and vice versa, and and so. It occurred to me that after this most recent one we had, that man, just ha- the fact of being able to have sex on the couch in the living room, <laughs> love That's it. A novelty. Yeah, it? yeah, it's like man, that that is like mind blowing almost because it's like, how long has it been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you feel like teenagers again with your parents. In the yeah, back room yeah, and, you know, you don't have a, you don't have a fear of a nine year old walking out and you know, what are you guys doing? You know, is that which the nine year old discovering you would be even more mortifying than your parents <laughs> discovering yeah. you? <laughs> well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. We're glad you joined us. We'd love to hear from you if you've got something that you have questions or comments, or even if you just think, you know what, Shannon and Corey, you guys rock. We love hearing those emails. So, yeah, we do. Send them to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave any kind of review and comments. And if you give five stars, we climb the charts. That's what we're trying to do is spread the message that married sex is the hotbed for sex. Oh, no pun intended, huh? <laughs> well, actually pun intended. <laughs> you you kind of did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk today about spicing things up in the bedroom. Yep. But when we came upon this topic, I, I had this flashback to a time, it was about 10 years ago, our, uh, our fellowship group that we hang with once a month, we decided to have this chili cook-off. And my husband doesn't cook a whole lot of things, but chili is definitely one of those things that he prides himself on. But he searched and searched the internet. He found this new chili recipe that he wanted to try, but called for two cloves of garlic. And he asked me, how much is a clove? Well, now I wasn't raised in a culinary household. And I assumed that a clove of garlic is like what you buy from the produce section at the grocery store. The like whole, you pick up this thing. Yeah. That's like a, about, the size of a, about the size of a rock. Yep. Yeah. I did not know that that rock of garlic is comprised of multiple cloves. Yeah. That it's each little section in there, like the section of an orange or something. Yeah. And so I said, well, I mean, this is a clove. So he literally, I, th- I think there was maybe eight cloves in each of those clumps of garlic. Uh-oh. So he literally put 16 Uh-oh. cloves of garlic in this one pot of chili. And he did get, they created a whole new category for him that year. Most garlicky chili. Yeah. And he took the prize I, and, and that, that was good enough. And I can imagine there has not been a vampire sighting in Tyler <laughs> in 10 years. Our pores are still oozing that odor (laughs) 10 years later. (laughs) But we're going to talk about spicing things up in in a little um, better Yeah, that's a different kind of spice, I think. Yeah, Yeah, we don't recommend garlic in there. No, well, I mean, hey, 
maybe you have a taste for garlic and maybe your spouse does too. And so if you want to go down that path, hey, send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com <laughs> on how that one turns out. Let us know how that works yeah, for you. But that's that's an interesting thing because if you think about the the history of Sexy Marriage Radio and the shows we've done, I mean, this is we're in the 140s on episodes. And you know, that that's that's years of shows. And so there's a wealth of stuff that we have covered. And and it's interesting cuz somebody sent an email just a couple of weeks ago saying, "I want some stuff on like Sex Ed th- uh, 301." You know, I, I want some more deeper level, how do you spice it up when things are already pretty spicy? <laughs> you know, uh, how do I, how do we make it even better when things are working pretty good? And, and then we also just recently got an email from a listener that she was talking about how they have done, they've gone through a lot. They've connected a lot. They've, they've been married for, you know, almost 20 years and, it's great the last couple of years, especially their sex life. But she's run out of ideas. You know, she's run out of what do I need to do next? And one of the things I loved is they have Fishnet Fridays. Like, hey, <laughs> I actually mentioned not, that one. Not I, fish stick Fridays. No, no, no. That's what yeah. we eat. Fishnet Fridays. I actually mentioned that one to Pam. So we'll see where that one goes. But <laughs> Obviously, uh, fishnet stockings is what yes. she's referring to. But it's, and I, it's, hope that, I hope that she's the one wearing and not him. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to judge. But if it works for him, I'm not, <laughs> not going to judge. But it is one of those that, if you think about it, we we still, even when things are rocking and good, you still have a cap sometimes. Yeah, you hit a ceiling. Yeah, and and even that, things that are really really good could turn routine. So that's a great point. How do you spice up things without adding sixteen cloves of garlic? <laughs> Well, in my first response, and then I want to come back to her email, so don't let me forget, Corey. My first response is sometimes spontaneity is all the spice that you need. So to say, okay, give me some ideas of things that I can plan to do next time the kids are out of the house or whatever may not even be as spicy as simply just having your mind wide open to if we discover a new position, if we discover a new activity, if I discover a new hot spot or whatever, just rolling with that. Because I think that that's when we get most excited is when we kind of look at each other and go, I don't think we've ever done it this way before, have we? And we're like, no. And it's like, well, 25 years of marriage and we're still discovering right. stuff. You know, we're feeling like Christopher Columbus, you know, chartering, charting new territory. But it, it's okay too. It, it, I mean, I applaud people who do want to be intentional and plan something mm-hmm. new and unusual. But Corey, would you do me a favor? If you have her email pulled up, could you just share exactly what she said verbatim in that last part? Because I remember being kind of yeah. disheartened okay. for her yeah, let with me, those last few lines. Yeah, let me paraphrase some of it at the beginning. Uh, because they've been through quite a bit, including some bouts with cancer, um, you know, knee surgeries, all these different things that have been physical ailments and, and things. And so it's been a bonding experience just because, you know, quick detour. The bonding that happens in the brain you know, we've, we've alluded to that orgasm is one of those things that really produces a lots of oxytocin, which allows you to really bond. Mm-hmm. But so does going through tragedy and struggle together. 
Yep. It's, it's the same thing. It's 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 odd. It's it's opposite ends of the spectrum, but it produces the same thing. Both pain and pleasure right. create a, a, a bond. Yeah. So she then talks about how, you know, she's grown a lot, but she's run out of ideas. They have lots of sex, um, but now she's sick again and pretty unhappy. So she doesn't want to lose him to somebody else, although I do believe he deserves better some days. I mean, that that's her last sentence. And that that really grieved me yeah. that a woman wouldn't, you know, it's one thing for a woman to say, how can I spice things up? How can I keep things fresh and new? But for her to say, I'm desperate to find something spicy and something new or else I'm afraid I'll lose him. Right. That just screamed insecurities, uh, possibly low self-esteem. I wondered if she had been cheated on before in the past. Yeah. Uh, by a boyfriend or a lover or even a, a former husband or something, because I don't think that anyone should ever feel as if if they don't spice things up, their spouse will have the right to leave them. That's right. That's, hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, it, that's that's the struggle, because there is that inherent, hey, we share this together. So, you know, we're stuck <laughs> in, in a sense that. Hey, I don't want you doing this with anybody else. So I want to continue growing and doing things that are fun and enjoyable and and challenging. But there is still this whole you can't manipulate somebody into staying at the end of the day. You know, you can't you can't do enough to keep somebody to stay. It's it, it is one of those you have to face the fact that they have to choose you too. And boy, that's tough. That's that's scary to think of. That my wife has to choose me every day. And so. Well, and, and I don't want couples to. Yeah. I mean, when you're married month after month, year after year, decade after decade, it's going to grow stale sometimes. Yeah. It, it, that it, you have to expect that. But I would never want for someone to have to live in fear and anxiety that their marriage is going to dissolve because their spouse is going to go looking elsewhere. Um yeah, often I, that's that a signal just, that more really of them. really broke my heart. Yeah, that's often a signal more of, of them than the spouse. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wondered, would her husband agree or would he be as disheartened by the desperation in her voice in verbalizing those words? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, so, yeah, because that's also one of those, I wonder if there's been a conversation of, hey, I kind of would like to just have relaxed, comfortable sex sometimes and i i mean i'm wondering if if that was even brought up if he would be oh, i would love that that would be so you know just because it's like this i don't have to perform then it's actually a different thing yeah and you're right spicing things up doesn't automatically mean turbocharged you know 90 miles an hour like it, it kind of what we talked about on a previous episode here just recently of slowing things down can actually be a lot hotter yeah. than than going at it like a dog with a bone or you know like speed racer or something like that. Well, and so it, let's let's talk about spicing things up by doing something out of the norm. Well, I, I want to add real quick though that spicing things up does not mean better connection either. Mm. You know, spicing things up sometimes is just spicing things up, you know. Well, and, and maybe it's two different ways that you could look at it spicing things up could mean creating more intensity 
sure. and therefore maybe more uh, strong orgasms, yep. uh, more yeah, pleasure. It, it might be but more physical pleasure and intensity because of the reduced or the increased anxiety, which those are co always coupled together. Right. That's a good point. Or it could be spicing things up could mean just creating a stronger emotional bond during the sexual act of just taking it deeper. Right. And so that's, that's not technique or props. That's person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's connecting better as people to spice That's the heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul connection, not right. just genital-to-genital or right. mouth-to-genital or whatever. It's the connecting behind the eyeballs. Yes, yes. So let's talk about, I mean, I, we've gotten several emails from people saying, you know, it just seems as if my spouse is very task-oriented when it comes to sex, yep. that their goal is to hurry up and rush me to the finish line as fast as they can, yep. and that they find that, um, what would be the, the appropriate word, um, a little disappointing at times, maybe, a little frustrating at times, uh, a little confusing as to if this feels so good, why would we be in a rush to finish well, it? Well, okay, look at it this way, though, too that it's also disconnecting that if I'm, if I'm going at it with Pam, we gotta say, cause if you're new to sexy marriage radio, Shannon and I are not married to each other, but we are married. So we, to we accountants, right. We're both married <laughs> that's to a good accountants. point. Uh, I, there's something wrong <laughs> with that one. But and anyway, that's a different show. Um, cause that's, that's the, sh that's the show by Excel spreadsheet that we'll talk about later. That, <laughs> you know, jazz them all up, but it, it's one of those that, if I'm going at it and I get the sense that Pam's like, okay, just move on, you know, be, get done already. When I recognize that I'm not connected with her, I'm performing. Mm. I, I'm spectatoring, which is focusing on performance. You are trying to accomplish a goal. Right. And so there is no, there's not much me there to connect with beyond physically. So what we're talking about is how close are you? in sex and what gets in the way is you not your spouse most mm. of the time hmm okay i gotta like sit and soak in that for okay. a minute <laughs> i mean well think about it say it, it again say it again what, what gets in the way most of the time of us having great connecting sex is ourself because we yeah. deal with something from the past comes up which you talked about in our last show with the woman at the well stuff Mm -hmm. And how you can explore that as a woman, which is fabulous to think about going through and, and dealing with, okay, what are the messages and stories I've created all throughout my life? And how is that messing things up now? Mm -hmm. Are you... Or you experience performance anxiety. Right. Of you're focused on what you think the other person wants you to do for them right. rather than just relaxing into who you are. Right. Or, you know, it's just that whole, what your body can do, right? There's times where you just, you're, you're having sex and it's just, you're focusing on pleasure. I mean, that's Masters and Johnson stuff on the sensate focused approach to sex that it, that's where we're supposed to focus. But okay. Not everybody is a counselor out there. So explain well, that a little, unpack that a little bit. Okay. Masters and Johnson are, are some of the forerunners in sex therapy. And they are some of the, the, the few that began this, the field of exploring sexual difficulties and arousal. They're the ones that came up with the arousal threshold and that, you know, you have to experience a certain amount of pleasure and arousal to reach climax. Mm -hmm. And if you can't reach that, that threshold, 
then you won't climax. And so they've kind of scientifically unpacked our physiological, mental, emotional path right. that we and have. If you, and if you try to force that orgasm through physical means only without that mental arousal, it can actually be a very painful experience, right. not to mention exasperating and you know, right. lengthy. But, yeah. but one of the things that they prescribed early on is this whole thing of sensate focus, which is where you, and we've alluded to it before, I think, it's just in different context of where you learn your own body, you learn your sensations, and you can do this with your partner or yourself, where you just learn when you touch whatever you touch, how it feels and, and the pleasure it provides. And... Oh, and what amount of what amount of pressure, right. uh, what rate of speed right. uh, but feels the best. If you follow this whole thing to a natural process, what you're doing when you're having sex is focusing on your own pleasure then. You're not focusing on your partner. But isn't that what your partner wants? I don't like, know. But what, I mean, it, it could be, yes. I'll, I'll agree with you, yes. There could be times where, okay, this is my turn to just bring you pleasure. And so I want you just to lay back and relax and enjoy. Well, what, what I'm saying is, is that when, when a spouse is trying to pleasure the other person, they don't want them to be all hung up with anxieties and insecurities and right. distractions. They want them to fully just immerse themselves in the pleasure that they're providing because then their efforts aren't in vain. Right. You know, it's going to be more effective. But even that is goal oriented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, we're talking, we're, we're going, this is deep stuff. I mean, and I understand yes. it. This is, this is stuff that we get, I mean, to me, what we're talking about here, Shannon, this is the, where we get glimpses of this kind of stuff are those times where the really memorable experiences with our spouse, mm -hmm. the times where we can look back and go, oh yeah, I remember sex that night. That was, you know, heaven moved and God was sitting right there and it was great. Yep. You know, it was, you, know you, you actually see a spiritual connection. Right. So that's and, what we're talking about. And this is the path, because to me, spicing things up, the way you spice things up is you tap into this more and more and more. Well, and, and speaking of tapping into that deeper emotional and, and spirit connection with one another, <clears throat> I just got back from a marriage conference in Washington, D.C. It was a new life marriage conference with Steve Arterburn and Mylon and Kay Yurkovich, who wrote the book, How We Love, which I prescribe that book to couples almost as often as I prescribe my own books to couples. Um, they were one of the speakers and they demonstrated something on stage that I was so grateful that they did because it totally confirmed a story that I'll share with you from, from me and Greg's recent past or okay. distant past. But what they were doing, um, they, they talked about the five attachment styles, which we also talked about in another episode mm -hmm. of avoider, people pleaser, vacillator, controller, and victim. And Kay is an avoider and Mylan is a people pleaser. And so... They had had a hard time, you know, navigating the waters of intimacy uh, and emotional connection when she is naturally just someone who doesn't feel comfortable with feelings. And he is naturally somebody who feels a lot of anxiety when he doesn't feel as if he's making somebody happy or when he's not in close proximity to someone. And so you can imagine what a difficult dance that had been for them for many years. Mm -hmm. But they learned this technique um, that they do with clients. Um, basically it's just holding where, and they demonstrated it again on stage. He sat down and she laid down with her head in his lap 
but it, it wasn't just her head in his lap. It was almost, it was, it was like he was cradling her like a baby. He had his arms around her rib cage and she had her arms around his neck. And she brought up a memory from her childhood that was very painful for her, where her dad just really embarrassed her in front of the whole table of family members at a restaurant by saying, just hurry up and pick what you want to order. It shouldn't be that hard. And it just made her, you know, feel dumb. And, and Mylan said to her, you know, if I had been your dad, I would have said to you, take all the time in the world that you need and order anything that you want off of that menu. And you could literally see her body relax into him. It's like she just lowered two or three inches. Mm -hmm. And I could only imagine the change on her face as she is looking at him eye to eye, face to face. And they're just having this tender moment where she's verbalizing an old pain and he is trying to be a surrogate healer for okay. that pain. And he looked up at the audience and he said, now, as we create moments like this, where we try to, to bring healing into one another's lives and comfort and security, he said, what do you think this does for our sex life? And the whole audience was like, Ooh. you know, <laughs> like we saw it. We just saw that emotional connection in action. And we could only imagine how that translates to right. better sex. And so what I was referring to with Greg and I is there were several years ago that I thought he was ignoring me all weekend because he had to be out on the tractor. We had 122 acres of land and, and he was doing stuff uh, to take care of the pastures. When he came inside the house, I had, we had just read the How We Love book. And so I knew I was a vacillator. I knew that I needed to work on getting sad instead of mad. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm really trying not to get angry, but I feel as if you've been neglecting me and ignoring me all weekend being out on the tractor. He laid down on the bed and he said, come over here. So I got up out of the chair and he took me by the hand and he just really sweetly looked into my eyes and said, just tell me what you need. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it because my intention was so not to ignore you. Uh, it just had to be done. And so he put the ball in my court and I'm just sitting there trembling or standing there trembling, thinking, what do I need? What, what, what am I going to tell him to do for me? I had no idea. I felt like a hurting little girl trapped in a grown woman's body. And all of a sudden the words just came tumbling out of my mouth out of nowhere. I said, I think I just need you to hold me like a baby. And he scooped me up in his arms like a baby. He pressed my face into his neck. He rocked me back and forth a little bit and just said, shh. And I just, you know, was crying. Right. He said, it's okay. I'm here now. I didn't mean to make you feel that way, but I, we have the rest of the evening together. I'm here. Uh, and, and so he just comforted me. And it turned into one of the sweetest lovemaking sessions we have ever had. Mm -hmm. Like over 25 years of marriage, when I think back, that ranks as one of the highest. And sure. it started out as being one of the most painful vulnerable feelings that evolved into comfort and security and connection. And so that's kind of what we're talking about with maybe it's not a new technique or a position or a gadget that you're looking for. Maybe it's the deeper soul to soul connection that are going to spice things up and take things to that deeper level mm -hmm. that every couple longs to experience in their marriage. Exactly. And so I, I have in mind a next step for people. Yeah. This this is how you tap into this more. And it starts with yourself because I mean obviously you can have those moments where you have the insight of okay, something's tripping me up here and I think it's something that I've been carrying for a long time and I'm ready to lay that down and confront it in myself. 
But then there's the other times when, yeah, you're just kind of rocking along with life and you're like, why is this not working the way I'm thinking it would? Or what's going on? And, and you just kind of have to start looking at the patterns of how you do life. So my question would be for the listener is when you have sex or you have any kind of an encounter with your spouse, are your eyes open or are they closed? That's where you start. Yeah. And can I interject something really fast to mm -hmm. prove that point? They, Mylon and Kay said that when they started doing this holding exercise of just, we're going to you know, lay here in each other's arms for five minutes. He said it took Kay a year and a half before she could ever open her eyes and look at him eye to eye, face to face. Yeah. That just tells you how intimate that is yeah. and how scary and vulnerable that can be for people. But talk about taking you to a deeper level of trust yep. in relaxation when you can lay there and look at each other eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. And that's, and that starts even beyond the bedroom of how much eye contact do you have with your spouse that's truly connecting, mm -hmm. not trying to communicate because that's the, that's the beauty of, of looking at it through this lens is, well, yeah, my eyes are open. Okay. But are you just looking at her body? Are you looking at the whole thing unfolding? So it's all visual, but you're not really allowing something to be seen with your are eyes. You or are you looking at the ceiling? Right. Or or this is why we don't like porn. This is why, you know, it, it doesn't create intimacy between a couple when both their eyes are locked on the television screen or the computer screen. <laughs> right. Right. So it's 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 realizing that, okay, are your eyes open or not? And if they're not, what's going on? Why? Are you afraid to see what you see or are you afraid to be seen? Mm -hmm. and, oh, say that again. Chloe. Well, I mean, because that's just it. If if I if I look at things in my life, and I have my head up and my eyes open to things that go on in my life, I risk being seen, as well as seeing what I see. And when I get into intimate moments with Pam, there's times where it's too close, and so I have to figure out a way to insulate myself, and that's where. I spectate her, or I close my eyes, or I think about something else, or I completely stop whatever it is we're doing because it's just too close. And if I realize that's the way life unfolds, that a lot of times it's not about my partner, it's about me. And am I willing to be seen? Mm. That's a lot of the reason why couples do not open their eyes or even turn on the lights. Because yeah. I don't want to be seen. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel about my body or about the situation or about us. So it's just easier to turn the lights off and imagine whatever. And it's also a challenge to be fully emotionally available yep. to your spouse. Yep. And an eye-to-eye -eye connection, there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. And emotional availability is translated through that activity. Yep. And so... You know, for like, I was actually just working with a couple last night that I asked, I told them what I had seen over the weekend on stage and gave my experience with Greg and I. And I said, are you guys willing to trust me to kind of walk you through this exercise to kind of give you a feel for it so you can do it at home more often? And so, you know, they tried it. And as she was laying in his arms, um, Okay, I totally forgot where I was going with this, Corey. <laughs> it's a, what, what, what were we talking about? Just we're before? just talking about being seen and, and the oh, trust oh. of being seen and presenting something that's that's intimate. I mean, because that's just it. If you look at intimacy, being, I, mean, be, what, I was I was going to go down to being emotionally available. There you thing. go. She had just complained that 
the only time she felt like he touched her was when he wanted sex. Okay. And so for them to lay down on my couch together and for him to hold her in his arms and to look into her eyes. And at first it was really hard for her to look into his eyes, but she eventually got over it and she looked at him out of eye and she looked at him and she said, this, this is what has been missing all 10 years of our marriage. Yeah. This just touch me, just hold me, just look at me, just talk to me without pawing on me and expecting sex yeah. that, that it was the emotional connection that she had been craving. Yeah. And that's because I mean, that's, that's the whole thing of, of presenting something to be seen. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the ball game to me. <laughs> that's, that's what we have to challenge. That's why when it, when we started the show, what gets in the way most of us really having good connecting moments with, with our spouse is ourself mm. because it, it's this whole, Okay, I have to I have to spice this up or I'll lose him. Really? Do you? Or what if it's just more of you he wants? So what if you figure out how to grow and be more present? Mm-hmm. That could be we- so overwhelming. That's one of the questions I thought of after our show last week with Ray and Cheryl mm-hmm. was, and I don't we, we didn't have time to unpack this, and I don't know if they would have been willing to go there. So Ray, if you hear this, send me an email because I'd love to know an answer to this. <laughs> Has has a sexually alive wife and a more present wife sexually been intimidating at all? Mm. Has it been, you know, because that's one of the things that anytime a spouse is really there with you, there's some comfort to it, but there's also this, whoa, this is different. There's mm-hmm. something, you know, and and so it's just realizing, okay, my path forward to really increasing our sex life and our connection, I got to get out of my own way first. Yeah. And it, and it may be that you need to get your own insecurities out of the way. Cause I can imagine that if this spouse that's married to this girl, who's like, I'm afraid I'll lose him if I don't spice things up. When you bring those insecurities to the bedroom, insecurities aren't sexy. Fear, (laughs) anxiety, anger, uh, I can't right. say sadness. I, I I don't think that I think that sadness actually is a sexy emotion because you do invite that other person in to be your hero. But those emotions that create negative tension between the two of you and you're projecting anger, you're projecting fear, you're projecting insecurity. It, it it's it's not sexy. So maybe spicing things up in the bedroom simply means get some healing okay. for some of those negative emotions that you carry around and drag into the bedroom when you lay down at night. Okay, but I'm going to add though, Shannon, that a negative feeling and a negative emotion can be sexy if you're willing to take yourself on in the moment. If you're willing to be vulnerable and and verbalize it. Well, and- yeah, it's just that whole uh, uh, the willingness to say and confront in yourself okay, I'm reacting to this, but I don't know why. And I'm willing to start exploring that in myself rather than expecting you to fix it for me. And, and to stand up and confront yourself, that's sexy. Because all of a sudden now your spouse is seeing a, 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 a better functioning human. That, and this is, this is intimacy. Yeah. Into, into me see. Yeah, that's, that's the, the idea. Recesses. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea of, that I mean, the times when I've seen Pam really confront some of her own stuff, she is never more attractive than in those moments. Yeah, 
it, it's the confronting of your own stuff rather than getting angry that your spouse doesn't know what to do to fix you. Right. You have to fix yourself. Right. You have to invite your spouse into the process rather than rather than projecting anger toward them because it's really hard to hug a porcupine and it's even harder to have sex with a porcupine. True. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting <laughs> visual. So this is this has been a different one. This has been a this has been a deeper yeah. show than I think we normally go, but I love it. I, I I think it's been great fodder for discussion, and I hope couples will dive in and chew on it. Yeah, together. I, I want to hear back from our listeners. I want to hear what what did we tap into that needs to be explored more, because this is man, this is lifetime sex here. This is where I don't need to add another person or change people, that because the person I've got is challenging enough. So, yeah, and this is as we grow old and wrinkle and yep. age and gray, doesn't matter. We've Absolutely. still got that heart to heart, passionate sexual connection. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio, and we are so grateful that you took time out to listen to us and join us again. So, please let us know what you think. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'd love to hear. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope that it brings about more of you so that way you can connect more with those you love. We'll see you next time. Bless you guys.